Welcome to another week of the Inches Podcast, a podcast that looks at sports sponsorship and, I guess, event sponsorship and radio sponsorship because Rich was in the radio business as well. Um, I also sold beer for a living, so we can talk about beer anytime you totally want. Totally right. I right, totally forgot you uh, You had a liquor, <clears throat> liquor store? Beer and wine shop. Beer and wine shop in Washington, right? Uh, well, just across the river here in Vancouver, Washington. Nice. So we can talk beer and wine but at we, some point. Too. Absolutely. Um, um, but... And a podcast that looks at sports sponsorship uh, and how digital is affecting it, uh, and just overall um, some of the things that are affecting the industry. Here, I'm Nick Lawson. I'm co-founder of a company called Squad Sports. We help uh, sports teams and events just connect fans to sponsors digitally as eyeballs are on the phone today with digital contests. I have Rich Franklin here, the vice president of the Portland Winterhawks, as my co-host for week four here now. So four episodes in on this new co-host. Rich, how's it going? Well, it's pretty good. Uh, I'm, I'm waiting for us to do our big six-hour podcast marathon. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> no, it's uh, it's going well. Uh, the weather has returned to normal here in Portland. So it's uh, back to rain and yeah. clouds and so forth. But that's okay. It keeps everything green. You know, and, and the Blazers across the street are getting ready for their uh, Western Conference Finals when it comes here this weekend, I guess, and hopefully that comes mm-hmm. up because it is pouring rain right yeah. now, and nobody wants to be at a fan fest. In the outside. meantime, in the meantime, I am uh, deep into uh, pitches and renewals for uh, for next season, which starts in uh, late September. Regular season it starts. So. Yep, it's it's mm-hmm. it's interesting. As I talk to some clients, some clients are getting ready for season. Everything's done. They're in fulfillment. On the opposite side, people are getting ready for next season. Uh, it's it's just a full cycle here in sports sponsorship. It is. And if you listen to last week's episode, you'll know it never ends. It's Absolutely. 12 months a year. So we were pitching. Uh, I was pitching somebody uh, this morning on uh, stuff for August of 2020, believe it or nice. not. So, yeah. It's, nice uh, I mean, it would start this year, starting this September. But, mm-hmm. yeah, we're talking a solid 12-month partnership with uh, Elements All Year Long. Nice. That's amazing. That's always good to hear. This week, uh, kind of going into that, especially on the pitching side as you're going out, talking to sponsors as they come in, um, this week we're going to talk about branding and, and mainly matching the brand's goals, but also their story to some of your sponsorship assets right. and just how you, you know, when, when, you, when a sponsor comes to you or you go to a sponsor and they say, hey, this seems interesting, let's put together a package, what do those assets look like? And then obviously you want to sell some stuff, but... They're coming to you also to build the brand. So how do you how do you kind of pick and choose um, which assets are going to be the best for a particular sponsor and which assets might not even fit with the entire team right. type of deal? Right. Um, so with Rich being in the trenches, I'm definitely going to defer to him on a lot of this stuff. Right. Although I'm I'm kind of in some of those meetings, but um, you're but in a trench. I, I am. I am in <laughs> a more of a ditch, but <laughs> yeah. it's, uh, you're out there too. Yeah. So. Um, so Rich, when a sponsor comes to you. And, and obviously their branding, um, you know, they, they have a goal. They're always going to have a goal. Hey, we're looking to drive more within this ecosystem with this type of fan. Um, how, what's kind of the first step of looking toward how you're going to offer some assets, a package that's really going to fit that? Well, one of the first things that I always ask a, a new partner, and it's nice of you to think that they actually come to me because uh, <laughs> I, I can probably count on one hand in eight years the number that have actually come to me saying we want to spend money with you. Most of the time it's the other way around. But anyway, uh, one of the things that I always ask once we've gotten some of the preliminaries out of the way and, and figured out that, yeah, this is a viable 
what I call a prospect, not a suspect, mm-hmm. uh, is a question I ask is, tell me about a either a successful partnership that you had with another team, something successful that you've seen maybe another company do, or just overall, what does success look like to you? So I find out kind of what the desired end result is and work backwards from there. Um, It's easy to go out and just be in telemode all the time with your your mouth flapping and, well, we've got this many fans and we've got a website and we've got an app and, uh, boy, the team's great and so on and so forth. And, yeah, okay, but really what we're trying to do is is find needs and solve problems. So part of that is asking the question, what is what is successful a successful partnership look like to you? It may be, hey, we're engaging fans. Uh, it may be we are selling more of this particular product. It may be phone ringing. Uh, it could be something like, uh, I want uh, you know my employees to feel proud. I want my employees to feel. Like they are a part of this too, so there's maybe a hospitality or employee engagement element to all of this as well. But I think the important thing to do is find out what the desired outcome is first, and then work backwards, match your assets to achieving that desired outcome. And certain assets obviously are going to be uh, a better fit for a desired outcome than others. Yep. Great example is I want to engage people on my Facebook and social media. Great, I'll, I'll sell you a ring board. Well, no, that's not a good fit. You know, that's just yeah. great for branding, uh, but it doesn't match the desired outcome. So you, you know, in a case like that, clearly social media is going to be the way to go. And how do we engage fans with a social media campaign? It's going to drive. Uh, whether it's you know likes or page views or follows or whatever the metric is mm-hmm. uh, of that sponsor's Facebook page, website, Twitter feed, Instagram, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, a good example that I have here is uh, we work with a regional uh, tire uh, retailer called Lushwag Tires. Mm-hmm. Lushwag Tires has among their desired goals. They want to engage fans in a fun way, but they also want to showcase their products. Okay. Showcasing a set of tires or custom wheels at a hockey game, how do you do it? Well, I mean, you could probably build a display on the concourse, but here's a better idea. You know, you've got, in the world of hockey, you've got Zambonis, and in our case, we also have a Fanboni that goes around and drives on the ice, and Yes, a certain percentage of people do get up during intermission and leave and go walk the concourse, but there's a big chunk of them that just sit there and stare at these machines that are driving around, driving around. Well, there's a great example of how you could take uh, Les Schwab branding, put it on the fan money along with a custom set of tires, uh, excuse me, custom wheels and a set of tires on it and tie it into a PA read at the same time and you're driving everyone's attention to that moving vehicle with these cool-looking custom uh, wheels on it and say, hey, check out the you know custom tires and wheels on the Les Schwab Fan Boney. And, of course, the Fan Boney's right there, and you've got all the people on board waving, and it's a fun environment. Uh, you know, those are the new uh, all-season AT radials. You know, check them out now. 
online at myschwab.com or click the Schwab button on your app. Something yep. on those apps. So there's a great example <clears throat> of finding the the particular asset that meets that particular goal of showcasing tires and wheels, which yeah, you could do it in a really kind of dry way. You could run a commercial up on the replay screen, but why not show them in person and and show them in, in motion? Uh, let them take a look at it and, and then deliver that message in an appropriate environment. And I think the fanboy is a great example because think about kind of the thought process of what leads to that tire buy. You think, man, I need new tires. Your brain's going to start thinking to what brands do I know? And obviously, if you go to a Winterhawks game, you're going to first think to Les Schwab because you see the fan bony, you see it driving on the ice every game, uh, and it's building that sort of not only take this totally matches with our product, what we're trying to do, but it builds that recall when you know, it's time to go buy tires. The first thing that's probably going to stand out in my mind just from the experience and, and how different it is is, hey, I'm going to go to Les Schwab because I've seen this. 20, 30 times a year uh, at the home games. Yeah. Um, so totally makes sense within that package uh, of that where maybe a rink board doesn't do that as much as that sort of unique experience. Right, right. And especially in a situation like with an ice hockey team, you're probably talking about winter driving during uh, our particular season, and here's a set of their tires out there driving around literally on a sheet of ice. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, again, it's just a great fit for, for messaging during during that time of year where you're yep. talking about driving in, in rain and ice and snow and all that kind of thing, just matching the uh, the environment of the message uh, to the particular asset. Yeah. Now, I'll flip this. Has there ever been a time and, two-part question, and oh my gosh. what? Uh, <clears throat> how would you solve it? If a brand comes to you and says, hey, look, here's our goal, but I'm really enamored with rainboard signs, mm-hmm. signs, and that just does not match at all what you think will work based on what you've seen. Well, it's in my interest to, on the one hand, take their desire and their, you know, sometimes it's an ego-driven thing or whatever, and balance that against the desired outcome. Mm-hmm. Because if the, uh, the goal is to, say, drive people to uh, like my Facebook page, mm-hmm. the sponsor's Facebook page, and they want to do that via ring board, well, I can I can put something together. I just don't know that that's the most effective way, Mr. Sponsor or Mrs. Sponsor. And, um, you know, the, the old saying is that uh, anybody can sell something to somebody once. It's when you sell them a second time you get that renewal. Yeah. that you know that you've really accomplished it. So yeah. I, as tempting as it may be to put them into uh, a particular asset where maybe there's better money in it, it's a higher uh, dollar amount, and, and so forth, I also have to look at what the lifetime value is of that partnership. Mm-hmm. And what I may say to a sponsor in a situation like that is, I, I hear where you're coming from, rate boards are really fun, uh, you know, it's like uh, uh, in a soccer game where you've got the signage that goes around the stadium or a baseball game that you've got, you know, signs on the outfield wall. Mm-hmm. And I get it. Those are really cool. That's like the beachfront property that everybody, you know, would want to have. Here's going to be my suggestion. Let's <clears throat> let's start with the basics. Let's get you the results that you want. And then 
as this partnership continues to grow, we can look at adding that some other time, next mm -hmm. season or the following season or something along those lines. Mm -hmm. But what I don't want to do is just go for the quick buck, the quick sale, yep. and um, and do that and knowing truthfully that it's not going to work. It's mm -hmm. not going to accomplish what they want it to accomplish. Mm -hmm. Now, kind of looking at the season's ended, obviously they've told you, hey, look, we're we're almost judging this as an advertising piece on the success or these mm -hmm. metrics. Um, what happened, sort of, how do you weather the storm there where obviously you can have expectations of something working, matching toward the brand. Um, how do you sort of weather the storm when maybe it didn't have the desired effect? Well, first of all, I think what you're doing is you're providing them feedback over the course of the season. Mm -hmm. uh, you're monitoring the situation if you know that the goal here is to drive uh, you know, our Facebook followers to become their Facebook followers and you don't see it happening, uh, the time to address that is not at the end of the season at the recap when you're asking for next year. I think that's where you as the, as the sponsorship professional have to um, be aware of how things are going. If you see that things are going well, let the sponsor know. If you see that there's a problem, let the sponsor know and propose a solution. Uh -huh. What you don't ever want to do, and this is sort of like not anything special to sales but, or to sponsorship, but this is sales in general, uh -huh. is you don't want to surprise them at some point, number one. And number two is you don't want to say, well, that's not working and I have no idea how to fix it. Uh -huh. uh, you want to say, look, we're not getting the traffic uh, that we wanted to. Uh, ahead of time, you sat down maybe with your social media team, you sat down with, with some other folks and say, what can we do to, you know, to boost this a little bit? Mm -hmm. Sometimes, like, we found that there is, just to keep the, the thread going with the Facebook discussion, uh, there is a lot of value now because of the algorithms and what people are seeing and so on and so forth on their Facebook page to go ahead and do some paid Facebook um, advertising in support of that sponsorship. Mm. Now you gotta, you know, you gotta do it properly. You don't want to just go bananas and, and spend every nickel that you've got for your uh, fulfillment budget, mm -hmm. uh, you know, on a single Facebook campaign. But if you do it right, we have found that when you need to give that a little extra boost, that uh, that sometimes taking that. Unpaid organic Facebook post, making it a paid Facebook ad, mm -hmm. uh, helps drive enough traffic to, you know, help you meet what your what your goals are for that mm -hmm. particular campaign. Or, like I said, it could be this just isn't working. The fans aren't responding to it. What you know, what else is there out there? Or do we need to supplement this in another way? Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and then reassess and go from there. Yeah. So, answering your question. <clears throat> If you've done your job right over the course of the season, you've been monitoring all this, you've let the sponsor know how things are going, good or bad. If they're not going bad, you're saying maybe we need to switch to a different asset, maybe we need to switch to some different creative, so that when we get to the end of the season, everybody pretty much knows how it went, and hopefully it went well. Yep. Now, getting back, <clears throat> I guess, into the kind of brand story side, what's really intriguing is when the story, let's say, the grittiness of a team matches up with, you know, let's, let's take an example like Cleveland, right? 
Cleveland, pretty town, um, hard-nosed uh, sort of city, matches up with Goodyear. So that kind of made total sense kind of the Jersey brand partnership for the Cavs, uh, just because it fits that city. Are they from there, too? Hmm? Aren't they from there, too? Yes. They're, they're from... Yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's yeah. built in, but kind of when I, when I see even the Goodyear blimp, right? Right. It's, it's, it's that tire company. It's, it's kind of, um, you know, building in that automotive manufacturing. Okay, yeah. How, how much do you dive in with a brand to try and match your story of, let's say, your style of play, let's say, um, this, you know, this, the sport of hockey? Sure. How much, how much is that looking into it other than just, hey, we have some assets that can help you sell some cars. Well, obviously, it's got to be the right. Uh, you, it's the right pairing of the audience and your audience profile with the particular asset that you're promoting. Mm-hmm. Now, let's use automotive, and uh, I'm just going to pick Toyota because they're a partner of ours. Right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> let's say your. Uh, Fan base, particularly your season ticket holder base, is what I'll refer to as the Brie Cheese and Chardonnay crowd. It's a lot of, you know, higher end, maybe it's a lot of corporate hospitality type stuff, you know, C-level type folks. Well, okay, maybe that's not the place to promote the entry-level Corolla product. Uh, That's, you know, someplace where you're going to talk about some of your higher end uh, product offerings and so forth. But maybe up there on the third deck, you know, that's the uh, uh, light beer and beef jerky crowd that's up sitting up there. Well, maybe that's where you you match that particular uh, asset. So let's say you've got concourse signage. In, in a situation like that, I would probably have the concourse signage on the lower level be for the higher end models, and the concourse signage on the upper deck uh, being some of the you know entry level or mid models. So. Again, I think it's a matter of uh, matching the message to the particular uh, demographics and psychographics of your of your fan base. You know, if you again doing your research, you should have a pretty good idea of for your for your typical fan as far as your male female skew, but also stuff like do they have kids in the household? Do they own their residence versus rent? Do they, um, you know, what's the household income? Things like that, so that you can go out to a sponsor and say, look, this is the profile of my fan. This, therefore, is not only how I think we should deliver this message, but also what type of message, what's the creative that we're using to to deliver it. And and again, don't, don't be afraid to vary that depending upon... You know, either the section of the building or the particular asset being used, or you know, however you want to slice it. Nice if your your VIP President's Club Lounge is probably going to have a little bit different audience yeah. than the Come One Come All uh, Beer Garden. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, make sure that the that the message is appropriate for the audience in each area. Yeah. So just to recap, uh, really understanding the goal of the sponsor, understanding what they. They want to see out of it, um, but then trying to figure out uh, how to go backwards, lead to either that sale or visiting a, a shop or, or giving calls, um, and then really understanding your audience so that you can yeah. match those up. Those are sort of the biggest things within packages as a brand comes to you or you go to the brand and yeah. kind of put that together. Well, I always tell people that are that are in, in 
either media sales or sponsorship sales, first and foremost, know your customer or your prospect. Know everything you can find out about them, either from your own research or just flat out asking them. And then the second part of that is know your product. You know, know your, your assets, know your fan base. <clears throat> and then if you're doing your job correctly and you're putting the right things with the right um, creative, with the right audience and things along those lines, and then you're asking the right kinds of closing questions, which yeah. is sales 101, always be closing, right? Yeah. Uh, saying things like, does this make sense? You know, any questions about this? Uh, you know, between the uh, bigger ring board and the smaller ring board, do you have a preference? That's, you know, that's, I use that all the time as a as a, a, a trial close or, you know, something about signage location. Mm-hmm. Would you rather be in the corner or should we put your center ice in front of the benches? Yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah. So you're, you're matching the, the asset to the message. Uh, you're asking the questions. You've got a clear uh, picture of what you're trying to accomplish here. And then you're just walking them through the sales process, doing it very logically. Yeah. You know, you're not being the huckster. You're, you know, you're saying, hey, look, I want this to work for you. I want you to be a partner of mine. Uh, but the only way it's going to work for you uh, is if we're doing this right, we've got the right expectations, and that's a big part of it, too, is making sure that you're managing the expectations for the process. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks so much, Rich, for all those. Oh, we're done? Like, we're done. Oh, quick geez. episode. I think we yeah. hit all the points there um, that all right. of, of matching that up and finding that. Um, next week, topic... Uh, I'd like to cover is do the, the, the gauntlet digital versus analog Ooh. pros and cons of each. Um, not trying to find a winner, but really understanding the differences between the two. Obviously trends are shifting, but uh, you know, on, on my side, I have a big idea that digital is taking over a ton and ton and ton. And as I talk to teams, as I get more into this, the analog is still powerful for something. So just going between the two pros and cons and then obviously kind of looking at which ones have more power toward toward those sides. If, if that's interesting to you, Rich, and, oh, yeah. and our audience. I oh, we that. always have interesting talks. Oh, we <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, we do. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, everybody, for listening. Again, I'm Nick Lawson, co-founder of Squad. If you want to get a hold of me, you can check me out on LinkedIn. Just type in Nick Lawson, Squad, S-Q-W-A-D, and connect with me there. Rich, how can people get a hold of you? Well, I'm also on LinkedIn, Rich Franklin, Vice President of Corporate Partnerships for the Portland Winterhawks hockey team. Or if you'd rather go the email route, my email address is richf, R-I-C-H-F, at winterhawks.com. Perfect. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. This is the Interest Podcast. If you have any comments about this episode, definitely comment in LinkedIn where we post it or give us a shout. On that end, thanks you so can also those. send in your comments and questions on a twenty dollar bill. Yep. Uh, to uh, Nick Lawson, uh, just look him up online. Yep. His address and, and send it in, and that will fund uh, maybe some beer money for, hey, uh, for the next go. episode. <laughs> Be a first official sponsor of the Inches Podcast. Hey, we're always looking, <laughs> always looking for sponsorship. Thanks so much, everybody, for listening. Have a great week. This is Nick Lawson signing out. Oh, 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 oh,